One Song, Their Will, by Mark Sasso and Elliot Brood. I had one of the worst hangovers I've ever had after Elliot Brood played my town. The whole room was jumping, our adrenaline was up and we had fun. Maybe a little bit too much fun. We were swept away on a ride of banjo and ukulele plucking, soaring guitars, on foot-stomping percussive melodies sung by two guys who sound like they just stepped out of a different era. It makes total sense to me that in 2011 they recorded an album about soldiers caught in the First World War, about the huge conversation that is war, because they're thoughtful. And that's why I think this band is great. I mean, you could probably talk to them about gas mileage or red wine and you'd have fun. But they choose to write songs about subjects that make them mean it on stage. And you feel it. It comes through. They're the real deal. This is Mark Sasso of Elliot Brood talking about their song, Their Will. Well, the whole thing is, it all goes back to a trip we were making through Europe. Uh, We decided that we were going to save money and take the long roundabout way. We had three, three days to get down to Spain. And so... On the first day, and we wanted to go to Juneau Beach, we wanted to do a whole bunch of different things, that sightseeing that we wouldn't normally get to do as a band. And so the first day we found this cemetery by happenstance, and it's called the Etapola Cemetery, and it's 10,000 graves. But it's not on the front, and it's World War I, and you're walking through it and you're kind of blown away and you're like, why is this here? What is this doing? You know what I mean? You kind of start to ask questions about it. And then we kind of looked it up and after the fact, and you find out that it's, this cemetery is kind of where all the wounded soldiers, they sent them away from the front and they either go to heal or for the most part, pass away. And so that's why they're all buried there. And so it just kind of got us thinking and then as we were passing through Paris on the way down, we kind of like, I don't know, we were just kind of like, we should write a record about all the thoughts that we were having about it, having had gone to Juno Beach now, seen that aspect of it. And I think we were just drawn more to World War One in particular, as opposed to World War Two, to kind of mine that kind of idea. And it's like, and we weren't actually mining it for the heroics of anything. It's more like, obviously we're not, into war, but we kind of wanted to mine it as a personal experience. You know, we just felt that the boys were kind of tricked into going. You know, it's only gonna be two weeks and it's gonna be over. And then before you know it, you'll be back and it's an adventure for you. And it's like, death is not an adventure, you know, for anybody. And so that's kind of how we kind of came upon the idea for that. And there's a whole bunch of songs, the whole album, Days Into Years is all about World War One. 
and kind of trying to experience that from their perspective as much as we can, as much as we can as like individuals. And so, and for specifically, you know, this song, Their Will is like the end. It's like kind of going over, experiencing it, trying to survive, watching your friends pass and, and all of those different things. I was thinking it must have been, you guys were about the, the right age, you're away from your homes, you're touring, and you're thinking about all these young men as well who, you know, innocent young men. Totally, they're so young. And then at, at one time, you like there was one grave, and I can't remember the name of it now for the life of me because it's been so long. It's been 12, maybe 13 years or 14 years since we were there. But this individual that was around my age, he was an older, so I was like, you know, I was in my mid thirties at that time, but it's like, it's all these young men. And then you have an older man that's commanding these, these young boys, right, as well. That goes, it, it, you just, I don't know. It just seems like, obviously, yes, the outcome is good, but you lose so many young people that could have had amazing lives, right? It's like, I don't know, it's just, it's so sad. It's such a sad experience. It's, yeah. it, it's emotional on so many levels. When you're on stage and you're singing a song about someone else, not yourself, you become the person you're talking about, I think, sometimes. Do you ever feel like that? Well, totally. I think I try to become an actor in that sense. You know what I mean? To relive it. And, and that's what we're doing. We're on stage. We're like musicians playing an actor's role, you know? And I mean, for me, like specifically, even for this song, like reading going and reading All Quiet on the Western Front or watching, like there's a Stanley Kubrick film that I love that it's called Paths to Glory. And it's such an anti-war film. It's beautiful, it's black and white, Kirk Douglas. And uh, I kind of tried to like watch that over and over and over again to try and get into that mindset for the whole record, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even All Quiet on the Western Front is just, if you read it, and you think it's an English person writing it, you would think it's from that perspective, but it's actually a German, you know, fellow writing it and writing it from his perspective. It's the, it's the exact same. They're, they're the exact same people on both sides, trying to understand and take it all in. I don't know, I tried to mind that. And so when I go on stage, I just try to kind of get right back into that headspace for that, you know. But when was the first time you started writing not about yourself, do you remember? I think I've always written not about myself, but ah. but at the same time, I think myself, you know what I mean, like my emotions creep into it, obviously. I kind of channel yeah. it through me, but I kind of, I like writing from the third person. I like kind of like floating around or above and, and, and approaching it that way, you know what I mean? Like I'm kind of like, I don't know, I write very abstract. I try not to write, I mean, this song is linear, but it's not a pop song necessarily, you know what I mean? Like it kind of goes through the whole phase of the idea of the character and you follow them along. Uh, but I don't know, I'm kind of abstract when I write. I kind of like that aspect of it as well as like not being so specific and opening it up so that 
it's kind of a wide open painting where somebody can kind of look at it from different angles and see different sides of the story. So I hope anyways. Yeah. Maybe that's a male thing, you know, because women, <laughs> I feel like, you know, women get together and talk about themselves and men get together and talk about everything else but themselves is that I mean that's a sweeping statement obviously but I think in, ge in general maybe we're just too afraid to like attach ourselves to emotions and maybe that's why I write the way I write it's like I'm still attaching my emotions to the song but it's not but I can still back away and say oh that's not really me you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, you know, men are supposed to be heroic and, and strong, and yet here we are, we can't even attach ourselves to our own emotions, right? So, I don't know. But I think in a, I was thinking about this when I was listening to your song. In a way, we needed that from men in those situations because it would have been so horrific. You wouldn't want a whole load of men in the trenches talking about their feelings because Oh, they, it would have been far better to sit around in the trenches and pretend you didn't have any. And that's what they did. And you don't talk about, like, even to go back even to the movie uh, Paths of Glory, there's a moment where, like, a general walks through and he's, he's asking everybody, who's ready to kill more Germans? Who's up for this? And then, obviously, there's a shell-shocked individual there. And it's like, well, you're not a man. Look at you. You're, like, you're broken down and you're... You're, you're a shell of a man and they kick him out of the trenches and send him off you know it you weren't allowed that and I you're not allowed to have those emotions you're not allowed to have those feelings and I mean I, and I think that's the battle of it and like even at the end of the song is like you know we forgot we were men you know what I mean you're not men you're not a person anymore and if even if you watch documentaries even about the Vietnam conflict uh, the uh, Ken Burns' new documentary. Well, it's not new, it's three or four years old. But you have individuals in that, in that documentary where it's just like, I killed one man in my life. The rest were not people. You have to kind of, like, they have to be devoid of human abilities and human emotions to get through what they have to get through. And that's brutal. And imagine the PTSD coming back to their families. No, you, you have PT, people with PTSD witnessing terrible traumatic things just on the street, let alone being in it for a year or four years or whatever, however long you're in it. You don't come back from that. I don't think you do. Not as a person. I was doing, I was looking into your guys' history a bit and um, you played your first show at Holy Joe's, it said. <laughs> yeah, we did. That but Steve wasn't with us at that time. Steve hadn't joined the band at that time. So it was just uh, Casey, myself and two other friends that actually fell out of the band right after that. So that was our first show. Uh, and the band Chaos was playing downstairs. And I think that was his first show, maybe, as well. I don't know for sure. But it was kind of like one of those things, because the big bop was downstairs, right? So it was yeah. like, Holy Joe's upstairs, which was 
a great, actually, it's too bad that it's no longer there, but it was actually a nice small room, intimate, where you could kind of like, you know, it's where we kind of started, really. I mean, I had been playing around town, doing my own thing and kind of playing solo and stuff like that for years, but it was kind of where it felt like Casey and myself really connected. And it wasn't, I think it wasn't long after that show, it was like, uh, we were walking the subway, we were going someplace, and then Casey's like, I know you, t you spoke about possibly moving to Montreal or whatever, but wherever you're gonna go, I'm gonna go, we're gonna be a band. And it was just like that unifying moment where it's like, oh, this is, this is really a band, something that you've kind of, I was looking for. And so, you know, we've been a band ever since, really. So. And uh, the first time I saw you play, because obviously we have a, share, a history, shared history with Steve, but I saw you first play at Steve's Backyard. Do you remember that? In oh my his, gosh, yeah. Uh, Queen Street, somewhere. Did Steve play with us at that time? He was playing with the, the suitcase as his bass drum. Yeah. Um, and he had a garden party in this back, in the back parking lot. What I wanted to talk about a little bit was the magic of a three-piece, which I always love, but you guys are like a four-piece with three people because you're utilizing Casey's feet. But Steve as well, though, because he plays keyboards with his hand now, right? As he's playing drums. So it's like we have a keyboardist in the band, a bass player in the band, and we're still only a three-piece, which I kind of enjoy personally because it, like... One, it fills it out, yes, but it just it's also minimalist in that Steve can only do so much on keys at the same time as playing drums. So you're not, you don't have an overbearing keyboard player or an overbearing bass player either. It's just like, it's very, whatever suits the song. And I kind of like that with our band. It's like, we write, we're kind of minimalists in that sense as well. Like I kind of, I view myself like, a, like as almost like a collage artist, you know, when I'm writing stuff like that where it's like it's so it's only it's sporadic and sparse but filled out to a certain degree i feel like it also makes the the fact that there's three brains instead of potentially that could have been five mm. if you've got three brains in the room there's less kind of stretch as far as ideas go so you guys have honed your sound so much and that's what I really noticed when I listen to you. You have the Elliot Brood sound, and um, it's really tight. Like you, because I think, because again, because it's that little unit of three people, but it's that tightness is really what a lot of people, I'm sure, love about your music. And that's what I love about it as well. It's like, because it, once you start adding in more players, it can just, it just keeps growing exponentially. And then that kind of gets away from the essence of the song. And I think for our band, the essence of the song is the most, it like, if there's anybody that has an ego in the band, it's the song for me. It's like the song has to have the biggest ego. 
and everybody else kind of gets shut out and you have to kind of work with, with that idea, right? So that's kind of what I've always liked about the band is like we kind of take the song as the most important member and then we kind of work with that and try and kind of like, okay, what, what works best and what, what feeds the song? That's the most important thing for us. And I think that, you know, and us being a trio, it doesn't get it doesn't get blown up and doesn't grow exponentially like I said earlier. It's just like it's kind of it's the song, there's the essence and that's it. And also I think again, I said this to a friend, but logistically a three piece has maybe enabled you to survive because you're feeding less members. <laughs> Physically, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, our families are bigger, but I mean, yeah, yeah, you are. And I mean, I think three just kind of works. It's it's the strongest thing in the world. You know what I mean? It's like a tripod or it, like triangles are strong. It's like I don't know. It 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 just works. It's with three brains, it doesn't get to be too complicated. Yeah, you play that space of the song a lot more with the three-piece which is a whole other instrument silence and space totally people don't realize that though i think unless you're a writer i don't think you realize that space is so important because if you're filling up i mean i always talk to steve about it there's like a symbol like even a drummer playing a symbol i swear it's like the shusher for a singer it's like shh shh it's like if you're playing that all over the place i can't sing so it's like it's almost like having that space, having those places to play in and move in creates, for me, creates a, a great atmosphere for me. So why this song? This song was really hard to write for me like lyrically kind of like achieving an emotional goal, but also a lyrical goal. And my goal as like, you know, like I say that I like a collage artist is like putting the right things up and moving them around, but creating a full story, but not making it a pop song. So never going back to the same refrain, not going to a chorus. How do you create the idea of a guy leaving being sent off from the UK, not saying the UK, creating the atmosphere and it's like, okay, now you're in the trenches. How do you create, you know, chemical warfare? How do you put them into that? How do you write that properly? How do you get to the moment where it's going back and forth because in World War One, nobody really kept gaining any ground. They're kind of like lost in no man's land. So how do you create that idea? aspect how do you create the aspect of people losing their morale losing their brain losing their heart and then realizing that they were never a man they just became tools and their pawns in the game and how do you write that properly and create all of that emotionally and then finish it off so that for me as a as a writer took me i think it almost took me like four or five months to like write it because you have to get the syllables right you have to get the words right and move them around and so it's create the emotion get the right words in there and the thing and feel comfortable with it in the end and be like did i create what i was trying to create as an overall arcing idea and story and so for me that that was like and when i finished it i was like whoo 
Like it felt such a relief to get it off my chest and be like, okay, I'm happy with that. And I think I can, you know, live with it once it's recorded, you know, so. Drove about it then. 